Right. Because if a man is in lust or in love um, for however long either lasts, you're not getting his ear. You're you're not getting his ear, period. There's nothing you can say about his boo. There's nothing you can do to take take him away from his boo. Like, it's not going to happen. You have to sow seeds of distrust in that relationship if you're going to get anywhere. This is Alex. And this is M. Welcome to the latest episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic. This is a podcast for TV lovers, movie buffs, and binge watchers of all ages. On this podcast, we'll be discussing what we loved, what we hated, and what's just a bit problematic about the TV and movies that we're addicted to and a bit of rewriting where necessary. For much more exclusive content, become a show producer on Patreon and get access to after-the-episode outtakes, curated playlists, movie reviews, music video retrospectives, and so much more. Join the GBB family at patreon.com forward slash goodbadbasic. Today we'll be discussing the British historical drama The White Queen. This miniseries set against the backdrop of the infamous War of the Roses follows the power struggles of the women of the House of York and the House of Lancaster as they fight for the throne. This period drama takes us behind the seat of power as we watch how the machinations and manipulations of power affect the monarchy and the nation as a whole. So what exactly made The White Queen so engaging and what does the series teach us about modern day politics? everyone so here are some critical details about the white queen this series this mini series is a british historical drama and a period drama obviously um it was written by emma frost lisa mcgee malcolm campbell and nicole taylor and it's based on uh three novels the white queen the red queen and the kingmaker's daughter by philippa gregory the series was released from June 16th through August 18th of 2013, and it aired on the BBC One network for, you know, a miniseries, only one season and a total of 10 episodes. The series had two spinoffs, The White Princess and The Spanish Princess, and it had a related show called The Real White Queen and Her Rivals. The series stars Rebecca Ferguson as Elizabeth Woodville, who is our title character, the White Queen, a queen consort to Edward IV, um, Juliet Aubrey as Lady Anne Beauchamp, the Countess of Warwick. Uh, she is the mother of Lady Isabel and Lady Anne. Um, this is a German name, so I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Uh, Verl or Verli Betens as Margaret of Anjou, the Queen Consort of Henry VI of England, uh, Anaren Barnard as Richard III of England, Leo Bill as Sir Reginald Bray, Emily Barrington as Jane Shore, Edward IV's mistress, 
uh, Ashley Charles as Thomas Gray, the eldest son of Elizabeth Woodville and um, her first husband, Sir John Gray of Grauby. Dean Charles Chapman as Richard Gray, uh, son of Elizabeth Woodville and Sir John Gray of, of Grauby. Arthur Darville as Henry Stafford, Duke of Buckingham. Sean Dooley as Sir Robert Brackenbury. James Frayne as Richard Neville, the 16th Earl of Warwick, uh, a.k.a. the Kingmaker. Caroline Goodall as Cecily Neville, mother of Edward, George, and Richard. Amanda Hale as Lady Margaret Beaufort, the Red Queen. She is the mother of Henry Tudor, um, who would go on to be Henry VII. She's also the great-grandmother of John, the Duke of Lancaster. Um, Michael Marcus as Henry Tudor, um, Henry VII. He is the son and heir apparent of Lady Margaret Beaufort, uh, who was sired by Sir Edmund Tudor. Rupert Graves as Lord Stanley, the fourth husband of Lady Margaret Beaufort. Andrew Grower as Lord Strange, the son of Lord Stanley. Um, Max Irons as Richard IV of England, King Richard IV. Um, Faye Marseille as Lady Anne Neville, the Kingmaker's daughter. She is Queen Consort to Richard III. Richard Maloney as Sir Henry Stafford, the third husband of Lady Margaret Beaufort. Michael Jen as Dr. Lewis. Freya Maver as Elizabeth of York, Elizabeth Woodville, and Edward IV's eldest daughter. Lizzie McInerney as Lady Sutcliffe, Robert Pugh as Baron and then later Earl Rivers, Richard Elizabeth Woodville's father, Jane McTeer as Jaquetta, Lady Rivers, who is Elizabeth Woodville's mother, David Oakes as George, Duke of Clarence, uh, Elizabeth, uh, excuse me, Edward IV's brother. Eleanor Tomlinson as Lady Isabel Neville, the Duchess of Clarence. She is George's wife and Lady Anne Neville's older sister. Ben Lamb as Anthony Woodville, the second Earl Rivers, Elizabeth Woodville's other brother. Tom McKay as Jasper Tudor. He is brother-in-law to Lady Margaret Beaufort, half-brother to Henry VI, which makes him the uncle of Henry Tudor, Henry VII. Uh, Charles Tomley as Lady... Beauchamp, the mother of uh, Lady Margaret Beauchamp. Uh, Rupert Young as Sir William Herbert, Lord Pembroke. Eve Ponsby as Mary Woodville, sister to uh, Elizabeth and Anthony Woodville. And later, the wife of Sir William Herbert, Lord Pembroke. These are a lot of people um, to remember. And a lot of these people share the same name because the namings and the families themselves were more than a bit incestuous, but I hope you guys kept track of all of that. And, um, I'm sure most of you know this, but if you were in confusion, like me about what is a queen consort, apparently there's two different ways to be queen. Well, more than two, but two major ways to be queen. You can be queen in your own right, like the current queen Elizabeth of England, or you can be queen solely because you are married to a reigning king, not because you have any royal blood. And that's what a king consort is. That That's what that is, apparently. Um, because the British always find ways of um, making sure that commoners feel inferior, no matter right. what. Right, so like you know your place. <laughs> 
Like, just so you know, just because you're queen, don't mean we don't know what type of queen you are. It's like you have no so, real divination. Um, so yeah. Uh this series is pretty interesting. So it was a collaboration with I think BBC One. And it premiered over there and then it premiered on Stars at the same time. And I remember that like a lot of people, and when I say a lot of people, I say critics like really, really hated it. And in general, people, and I mean like, and now I mean like literary people really, really don't even fuck with Philippa Gregory. Uh, And it was because like, it's not even kind of historically accurate. She's just okay, like but she did say that was a novel. She didn't say like she was an anthropologist <laughs> or a historian. Like, <laughs> um, and they like, and I remember a lot of the reviews. That was what it was. Is like, like it's not even kind of historically accurate. She's playing fast and loose with facts, like blah 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 blah. And like, like, and like we said when we started, I think when we started to get into the white portion, white history portion of this season we don't really care either (laughs) we're not we're just not precious about white history in the way y'all are so right because i think it's a huge privilege that they even know that it's not historically accurate because their history is so well documented um so get over it so get over it but i i remember i've found it i think on, not online, but I found it and I, I watched it and I ended up really, really loving it. Um, and uh, a big reason why I love it is something that I think we we kind of touched on in an earlier episode, but now we can, I guess, talk about now is that like, I really like appreciate that people like Philippa Gregory is, even though like she has her haters, uh, are restructuring these old stories or like finding something within these histories that like speaks to her and then restructuring the story in a way that like focuses on women or thinks about women more and thinks about particularly thinks about the way that women have, and this is something we talk about you and I as well, like off, off the air is that thinking about the ways like women and being that close to power is so influential and can be so influential and how much maneuvering there is in that. And I, I, and that's what, that's a big part of why I like this series and, and I'm interested in it. Right. I'm interested in it for that reason as well. I, and I also think that, you know, going back to my point about having a well-documented history, I feel that when you have a well-documented history, um, the way that Europeans do, I think uh, certain liberties can be taken as far as sequence of events, um, because that's what historical fiction is, right? You know, the Titanic, for instance, we never really, we know what happened to that ship, but we never really know what happened. We'll never know what happened on that ship. And yet people don't seem to mind that they've made like 14 Titanic movies. (laughs) I would think you'd be more pressed about people imposing their imaginative flights of fancy on something that we don't really know much about. Um, But, you know, uh, white people are going to white. You guys feel a very strong way about these monarchies. Noted. Noted. (laughs) And (laughs) moving forward... Um, we know these people exist. If we want to know exactly how they existed, I can read a history book. The backdrop of this series is basically is like the infamous uh, War of the Roses, which ended up like 
don't quote me on this. I'm I'm reaching from the depths of my memory. But like essentially it ended up like decimating because it was so long and so bloody and so violent. It ended up like decimating like a big portion of like the British royals and like not just the royals but the aristocratic class in general. Um that what ended up happening uh is that you had essentially what happens in this series is that you have commoners it's the first time in like this uh, system that class mobility is like a thing because so many people died and so many people died in like these wars. Um, and that's essentially this, this story is that you have a woman who is like on like basically like middle class, right? Her like they're right. sort of noble, kind of not really. And she gets to move up like, crazy move up she gets to be queen like because just because you know people are dead and you know boys want to fuck so right um and don't get it twisted when we say commoner um commoner is not synonymous with peasant <laughs> it's not yeah no one's, getting, no one's getting dusted off from these streets but you know they will like they will elevate you what i find really interesting about the show um like you said besides the class mobility is something else that we mentioned we get to see how everything that affects the, the 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 monarchy directly affects them, and I'm not just talking about these these relationships, right? That shift of power and that shift of wealth can literally take people from earl or duke or baron to nothing overnight. <laughs> yeah, that that change of power can really fuck you. Like when the power changes hands, like you're really like, you know, you're white knuckling it. Right. And I just really feel like they could have avoided the anxiety. Like, I feel like this is a very anxiety inducing situation. If you had just leveraged your title and like, perhaps maybe got a job. (laughs) But like, what's the point of a job where you can just own land and collect tax? (laughs) But yeah, but see that land can be taken away from you at any moment. So yeah, it's like, what's the, what's. How are you going to be a a landlord with no land? How are you going to (laughs) be with no land how does that work how does that work (laughs) (laughs) like you can be a baron and a merchant at the same time you can be a duke and a scholar at the same time i really feel like jobs at this point maybe if they they're not necessary for you at that moment in time but that is security right that is like like if not if not financial security it's going to give you some sort of class security Right. Because there are certain type of jobs or or certain type of levels of academia that aristocrats will still allow to rub elbows and rub shoulders with them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, that's that's right. No, that's real. And that and that brings us into definitively this this first this pilot episode. So we meet. Elizabeth Woodville. Yes. Okay. So we meet Elizabeth and Elizabeth and she is going to meet King Edward precisely because of this situation. Her husband has died in this war and Edward is now officially king. So power has changed hands. So her lands have been taken from her because power has changed hands. Like she doesn't have anything right now. And so she goes and she's living at home with her mama and her sons. And she's like, this cannot continue. I can't keep, I don't want to keep living at home. I want my shit back. 
So she goes to a road where she knows they'll be crossing in order to get to the battlefield. And she waits there in order, hopefully in order to stop him and and beg for her lands back. She's begging on a hope and a prayer that hopefully he'll just like be in a good mood and, and give them back to her. Also, women didn't own lands or property back then, right? Like your hu- your father had lands and then your husband had lands. You didn't have shit. <laughs> um but like you know going back to live with your mom um with your kids because you're broke i feel like that's still relatable in 2020 it is like it's still (laughs) that's still a struggle so like i so we feel her pretty heavy you know she tries this thing and and it works as he stops and much to the dismay of his bff slash uncle slash you know matthew knowles adjacent figure warwick from jump he's like he's feeling her heavy like he's really he's into elizabeth he think he's trying to he's trying to figure out how he's gonna hit right right um i mean in this pilot episode he like straight up marries her um I mean, like in the pilot you guys like th- this is like going back to the tutors and the borgias this is moving really quickly um, each each episode covers like a whole year or several years in some cases. <laughs> right. And it happens in like the most dramatic fashion. And it's so, and I'm not going to lie, I was sweating for her like in this first episode. I was sweating for Elizabeth because you guys, so this is what happens. So <laughs> they get married, right? Because he's like, because he just wants to fuck her. And so he's like, okay, okay, fine. Like, we'll get married so I can hit it. Like, And so then he does. And then her brother finds out. And her brother's like, you, you're a whore. You shame the family. And she's like, excuse me, I am not a whore. I absolutely got married first. And he goes, oh, honey, no. <laughs> like, because... <laughs> Because basically he knows the T, which is that, like, uh, he's done this before. Like, this is his thing. This is what he does. He, like, marries women and then, like, he throws them aside because... <laughs> and he throws them aside after he's he's fucked them because he's really just marrying to fuck. And so... And she's like, you're wrong. You're wrong. And he goes, okay, but, like, who was at the wedding? She's like, no one. And he goes... And she's like, mom was at the wedding. He's like, okay, so, like she doesn't mean anything in terms of like if, if a dispute goes to court uh were you married in the royal palace like who was like was like who was the officiator was it like the cardinal like who do you have to like back up your story and then once she works out in her brain she has like a big oh shit moment <laughs> yeah <laughs> She got played. Essentially. Essentially. And then when he comes back to like, when Edward comes back to like hit it again, she brings it up. Like, she's like, so when am I going to meet Warwick? When am I going to go to court? When are you going to introduce me formally? And he starts saying all of the classic fuckboy things. (laughs) Like, oh, we can't because like, he's like my uncle and he's mad sensitive. And like, we can't just be telling him shit. And like, you know, girl, I got a lot of lands I got to take care of. Because like, now I'm king. And like, but don't worry. Like, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to do it. And I'm like sweating so hard for her. (laughs) Right. And I'm not hiding you from the world. I'm hiding the world from you. You. He really did her foul. And I'm just like, I'm watching this and I'm like, girl, 
Like, you really just a glorified mistress at like, this point. Like, uh, <laughs> and I oh. feel bad for her because she really thought, like, she had, like, a legit wedding, but her brother knew the tea. And so I want to talk about how these men at this period in time and men today are trash and they know the game and they play the game, but they don't, do they tell their sisters, their daughters, their cousins? No, they just let them, you let them be played by men like you. Right. And how's that work? You could have told her what was up before. (laughs) Right. Like let her make an informed decision. But luckily, um, she luck very luckily at the last minute because Warwick, uh, who was, like I said, his sort of, like, uh, consigliere. Um, Warwick comes with, like, the girl who's supposed to be his wife, which is, like, the French princess. And when the French princess comes to court and, like, she's literally staring Edward in the face, Edward's like, yo, 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 yo like, come, come out into the hall. I got, I got to talk to you about something. And he's like, so I'm already married. And Warwick goes off, but it's too late now. And so he does come through in the end, but whew, I was sweating for baby girl. I was hardcore sweating for her because he does all, like, it really could have gone the other way. Right. So what we gather from this is Edward IV is not the smartest bull. He's not. And he is not a Henry VIII either. He does not care about, like, um, political allegiances because you just dissed the French princess and, by extension, the entire nation of France. Yeah. To marry a commoner. A commoner. Not even a bitch from another country's uh, um, a monarchy. A commoner. <laughs> Ooh, baby. Um, so, yeah, he's just like, I don't care. Like, I got some new pussy over there. She's she's kind of cool. Um, I'll be seeing you, girl. <laughs> Listen, it's, it's much more romantic when it happens. But basically, but I do feel better for Elizabeth. I'm like, at least, at least he, because it was looking so grim there for a moment. Like, it was looking really suspect for her there's a lot i'm getting the impression from watching these shows that if you don't fuck these men you can have whatever you want (laughs) 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 like all you have to do he's had like a thousand women before but all you have to do is deny him your pussy and all of a sudden it becomes magical awesome right because she does it (laughs) she's like i don't want to fuck you and he's like what do you mean and um and i mean i guess she got it in the end shout out to her um, but there's a lot, uh, that I really love in this, in this pilot, I think, and I was talking to M like previously, like in a private conversation and trying to figure out what was it that I really loved? Um, because it's, it is sort of, I think there's a lot of it that is like very much like your standard issue, historical drama, but I really do, but something that, but. And I finally zeroed in on it. And I really love the filmmaking in this episode. And not in this episode, but the series overall. It's really beautiful, beautifully done. Every, this could have been, like like I said, very standard, whatever. But uh, whoever was the director, like, really took cares and pains to make this really, really beautiful. And, like, that... That's me. Like, I'm a sucker for, like, really beautiful filmmaking. There's a lot of, like, really gorgeous shots in here that, like, have no right to be as beautiful as they are. And it's just a lot of, like, really sensual, really mood-type filmmaking that's happening throughout the series that, like, I, I really, really love. 
on that first episode, we know that uh, the Earl of Warwick, Edward's uncle and his advisor, and his mother, the Duchess, uh, um, Cecily Neville, she's not, like, they're not with the shits. But they're not. second episode... Second episode takes us really into, like, the meat of things. Now, this episode actually covers, like, a four-year, almost four-year span from 1465 to 1469. And, again, beautiful writing. It really doesn't feel rushed at all. Um, We just know that the meat of these things took place around this time. There is a coronation. It's with the intent to try to silence the naysayers and the people who are still questioning um, Elizabeth as queen consort and who are still questioning the marriage even since literally nobody was there. (laughs) Right. Um, Warwick uh, is still not with the shits. He doesn't want to let his daughters be ladies-in-waiting to Elizabeth. Um, And Margaret Beaufort, again, this is the mother of Henry Tudor, who would later on go on to be King Henry VII, her son has claimed to the throne, obviously, is uh, the heir apparent. And then there is also the Duke of Clarence, who is heir presumptive. When there is no uh, there is no heir apparent or the heir apparent is not yet of age, then this would be the next person in line to the throne. So everybody's kind of got their hooks in. Um and trying to basically rip this commoner to shreds and try to dissolve this marriage or try to get him to deny his wife. Um, and not just because she's a commoner, but because they have a real um, stake. They have real skin in the game. There are other people who are lining up to take this throne, other families to consider. Yes, yes. and um, But it's, it's definitely, it's proving more difficult than they anticipated one because elizabeth's mother elizabeth's mother is that bitch like she is like a real one and she is like working overtime behind the scenes trying to you know outmaneuver like warwick and his family and then also elizabeth herself is like no idiot she understands like when edward talks to her and he tells her like oh warwick's asked for his daughter to marry this royal. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, he's trying to usurp you. You see that, right? She definitely has, like, a, a smart sensibility about, like, what's going on and how to to counteract that. And she she's, she's a boss. She's a real one. And then also, you know, she's keeping it, you know, it's real tight down there. She's keeping it. She's riding that dick every night. She's, you know... <laughs> Uh, certified freak seven days a week. And so, so it's there, they can't really, it's hard for, for the other team to break it up. Right. Cause if a man is in lust or in love, um, for however long either lasts, you're not getting his ear. You're, you're not getting his ear period. There's nothing you can say about his boo. There's nothing you can do to take, take him away from his boo. Like it's not going to happen. You have to sow seeds of distrust in that relationship. If you're going to get anywhere, that's the, that's the first step. You got to do that first. <laughs> exactly. And and it's interesting. Nobody thinks to do that. Like nobody thinks to be like, Oh, I saw her fucking around with these other like dudes. You know that, you know, she's seeing, other dudes on the side and everyone's like "Ooh, what if we just do this other thing i'm like you should have just that was clearly the right or you can even go deeper since you know you're gonna ask the person's gonna ask for proof right so you don't necessarily have to say oh she's cheating on you boo like you could be like you know what i heard she cheated on her dead husband and those are not even his kids 
Right. Who knows what's going to happen to you? (laughs) Exactly. And that would really fuck somebody up. Like, (laughs) that would really fuck you up for real. Right. Because he can't prove that she cheated on a dead man. But it sows just enough distrust that you as a king don't want to take the risk that your wife's going to bring, going to, you know, um, put some other man's child in your arms and say that that's king. And that's that should be the prince. Um, There's a lot of ways to play this game. But instead, they keep they keep playing with the power struggle. And the politics, like you said, uh, Jaquetta, um, Elizabeth's mom, is a really, really good one because she, unlike me, understands what these titles mean and which titles rank higher than other titles. Like Elizabeth's brother, George, for for example, is second Earl Rivers. Uh, That means um, when a person introduces himself in that way, that means that his father's still alive and his father is Earl Rivers. So you already know, like, you you can't really catch a whole bag. If you marry him, (laughs) like we had to understand what these titles mean and what these rankings are, right? Like a duke, a a baron, a a a a, a earl. These don't all have the same rank, and so you have to know these titles and know what title a person could ascend to through marriage um, to play this game correctly. (laughs) Exactly, and it's a complicated game because, like. Depending on the royal, depending on the family, depending on how much power the family has. And, like, it can differ between even if, like, the family has power, but maybe they don't have friends and supporters. The rules can change on you, honey. <laughs> like Anne Boleyn learned that the hard, hard way. <laughs> learned it the hard way. Hate that. Like, hate that shit. But um, it's totally and utterly entirely possible. Um, so Elizabeth basically, Elizabeth obviously gets ego prego. And she has the bait. She has this baby, and the baby's a girl. She is kind of shook, but but he he takes it really well, and it's a vibe. But um, ultimately, there. So, like I said before, um, Warwick insists on marrying one of his daughters to Edward's brother, and Elizabeth from Jump tells him it's not a good idea. <laughs> She's like. No, 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 no. Because then, like, if you... Because, like we said, they understand the game. And she's like, okay, so... But, like, if that means, like, if you die, like, they're going to the throne. Like, so it makes it dangerous. And Edward's not really trying to hear her. And like Em said, Edward's also kind of dumb as a box of rocks. <laughs> he's just kind of... He's a very simple person. Um, right. Now, the Duke of Clarence is Edward's brother, his next eldest brother, George, not to be confused with Elizabeth Woodville's brother, also named George. <laughs> um, also, but yeah, not- he's, like, he's like next in line for the throne because Henry right. Tudor's not of age yet. So Edward just is like, whatever. And then it's like, oh, you're being paranoid. Like Warwick loves me. We're like family. I love you. I hear you, but I got to do this. I got to throw him this solid because I married you. And he's still like kind of salty about it. I'm just trying to like, you know, trying to reach out, trying to trying to build bridges. And Elizabeth is like, okay. <laughs> like she's just like, no, but he does it anyway. And they do get married and thus begins sort of the gambit to take Edward off the throne. So now he has... Um, Warwick's daughter and his brother coming at him and then as well as the Lancastrian family, the Tudor uh, ja- like uh, the Tudor um, family as well coming for his neck. So not not a good time. 
It's one thing Not to be fighting one person. It's another thing to be fighting two people. Right, right, right. I mean, Henry Tudor is a little boy at this point, um, or um, little enough. So not a real threat. His mother is obviously, but not him. But like George and his wife are grown. And like I said, he is heir presumptive. He is next in line. You know, there's different types of dukes. Not every duke is directly related to the king, but like he is. He's the king's brother. Uh, He is next in line for that throne. You're dealing with a grown man who has a lot, a lot to gain if his brother should die in any form or fashion. (laughs) Okay. Right. it's not a good look. Um, I feel like Elizabeth Woodville, like she, she, she tried to play her card as well as she could, but she needed a little bit of Anne Boleyn in her. She needed just a little bit of Anne. Now, Anne obviously is much, much, much younger. This is further down the line, but she needed a little bit of that, that fire. Um, when he's like, you know, Warwick is still mad at me and be like, okay, let him be mad. You're the king. That's what Anne would have (laughs) done. Right. Let him be mad. But you got you to gotta maintain your power. And Edward, like I said, he's really dumb. He'll marry women just to sleep with them, um, which is dangerous as hell. He will, um, he will allow his rivals to, uh, uh, to basically increase their, their claim to power. Um, he does stupid things like this. He's really not thinking as sharp as like a Henry VIII would about who's out to get him. <laughs> Right. He needs to he needs to be more paranoid essentially. By the end of the episode, we what happens is uh he like Warwick has seized power from him and is sent and, and is essentially holding him like hostage. Uh Elizabeth's father and her brothers are beheaded. Um and their title obviously their new because you know when they got married they got new fancy titles and jobs or whatever. That shit's over. And it's a new, it's a new day. It's a new dawn. And now she's sort of like, she, and she herself is like in a holding pattern. She's in the tower of London, hoping to, you know, not be executed. So basically the shit that she told Edward was going to happen, happened and then some. Right. (laughs) Like it happens. (laughs) Like the Nevilles and the Yorks have have unified against them. No one even, like even the Tudors are like kind of shook right now because... So the so the episode opens with like Edward and Warwick just like screaming at each other and and Edward's like, oh, so you've been a bitch this whole time, huh? <laughs> like Which and, is like anybody with eyes could see that, but okay. <laughs> and Warwick is like, no, like I've always loved you. You know you're my number one. Like, you know I've been riding with you since day one. It's like, okay, but are you really? Because you always play this shady shit with my wife, and I don't fuck with that shit. <laughs> Right. I mean, he's asking all the right questions. Too little, too late. Too little, too late. Um, but but it it is, and and they're barricaded in the tower, and it's 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 very it's tense. It's it's mad tense. So, so episode three, my favorite episode, you guys. They went to the occult. They turned to witchcraft. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is one of the aspects of the show that, like, in the books in general, that like historians really hate it but like like we said we don't care about them they're doing a lot so yeah there is this so since episode one uh there is this idea that the show introduces this idea that like the they're witches um and in but in episode three we sort of like they really like lean into into it and into this idea that 
uh, Elizabeth and her mother are like like witches. And it's cool. They do it in like really the coolest way. And I know you're like, huh, that sounds corny. Like, does that even fit in with all the sort of other machinations that are happening? Um, and it does. It really does fit in. It's actually really good. It's done in a really awesome way. And I think when you see it really happen, if you think about the previous two episodes, it really does make sense. And all this sort of really detailed, thoughtful filmmaking in terms of like making uh, all these frames like very moody, suddenly it clicks of like why they were doing it. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, It even like brings back to mind that very first episode where, you know, Elizabeth Woodville, looking like a whole snack, went out to the road to encounter Edward. It was almost as if she was trying to um, charm him and entice him from the beginning. Right. Right. Um, I like the way they do this. I think it's really, really cool. I think it's really, really fun. Warwick's daughter, now George's wife is ego prego right so now it's Mm -hmm. and you know in her mind she's like she's pregnant with like a son um and she's sure that it's a son and which and obviously they don't know yet because like she hasn't had the baby but like if it is a son that just further strengthens their claim to the throne um and it could get it, it has the potential to get super super dicey for them. So in a not a fit of rage, like, well, yes, no, maybe so. In in a fit of rage. Uh definitely like in anger at, at like the Warwick family. Elizabeth does put like a curse on them, and this horrible storm happens, and it does, and subsequently the daughter loses the baby that is a son. Yeah, it's it's horrible what she did. I think people are making it more horrible, specifically because she did it using witchcraft. But let's not forget, she's still fresh off the deaths of her, the murders of her brother and father, who literally didn't do anything to anybody. It propels the story forward in, a, in an interesting and unexpected way. Um, nobody knows they're witches, by the way. Like, everyone, like... I think it, at one point Warwick is says something like off the cuff of like, oh, that, that, you know, Lancastrian witch, but like nobody actually knows. But I will say this. I like the way, the fact that nobody knows their witches either. The episode ends with um, Edward returning from battle being like victorious or whatever. And she loses the end. Uh, the Neville's daughter has like lost this baby. And now because the the loss of this baby and because they were when they were leaving they were like fleeing um it's they're in bad straits um uh warwick uh had intended to usurp edward from the throne and throne and put his brother and now he's going all the way back to begging uh the the queen the other queen basically the other side the lancasters henry who's the mad king um begging for you know their their affections and he's he's basically super super lost and that's where we end off that episode and start the new one 
there's so much that's happening in this narrative that's really, really interesting with regards to the Nevilles. And we begin to focus more on that story of both of those daughters and the mother as well. I mean, we see how Elizabeth's mother is, like, really supportive of her because, like, the the Nevilles, like, that matriarch is just sort of doing whatever uh, Warwick says, how that really impacts and, like, fucks her daughters over. Because she never really objects to, like, anything that Warwick's doing. She's never like, don't you see that, like, this shit is fucking crazy? <laughs> um, right. She never intervenes in that way and how, like, it, it's really... It takes a it takes a dark turn when she doesn't at least try. Yeah, she's so she's the Melania of that family. Um, <laughs> um, meanwhile, Jaquetta is more like the the um, Eleanor Roosevelt or the Michelle Obama, the woman that takes direct action. <laughs> um, right. But I completely agree with what you're saying. One of the things that makes Warwick so dangerous is that he does too much too soon. It was one thing to marry his daughter off to George, uh, uh, the Duke of Clarence, uh, Edward's brother. It was another thing altogether to murder Elizabeth's family. Edward's still alive. She's still queen. What are you doing? Your position isn't anything but secure. So maybe try not to make more more enemies or strengthen enemy bonds more than you have to. (laughs) Right. And he's like, he's taking these huge risks and huge gambles. And he's hoping that like, and essentially, and just hoping that whatever way it falls, that should it fall back to Edward, that like, Edward will just feel sentimental enough to not kill him. <laughs> essentially. Right, right, right. Like you're doing so, 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 so much. And you're taking really, really bold action for something that isn't even set in stone yet. Like, yeah, your 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 daughter married this man, but he's still just a duke. Like, y'all not on the throne yet. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> Warwick, again, doing the most. He actually straight up accuses Jaquetta of witchcraft and has her tried for witchcraft. And then, like, you know, best laid plans. That goes to shit, too, because she already had a contingency plan. She right? Asked- <laughs> she asked her friend Margaret of Anjou for a testimonial and she has a lot of rank she has a lot of status and she has a lot of respect so you know when she speaks on Jaquetta's behalf people are like Warwick you crazy you doing the most why are you intent on destroying this woman's family isn't it bad enough you killed her husband you killed her son chill <laughs> right and what makes that other what ma- what makes that testimony so like I don't think I don't know if Margaret actually comes but um, what makes her asking for that testimony such like a such a bullseye is because Margaret of Anjou is the the current because you know Edward does get dethroned again and Margaret of Anjou is the current queen. She is the the current queen of England. Um, she's like on she's like of the Lancastrian house. She's like the queen that like they all kind of hate. Um, and yeah, she is the queen consort of Henry the Sixth. Shout out to Jaquetta's mom for giving her a name that, like, every other girl didn't have at the time. Because if I hear another Elizabeth, Mary, Margaret, Anne, George, Richard, or Edward, I... And Warwick's out here looking stupid. Right. Real stupid. And this is what we talk about when you... It's like, look at what happens when you have friends and supporters. When you when you don't burn bridges. That's something I learned from the series. Like, never burn bridges. Because, listen, when you don't burn bridges, like... It's it's the world, you know what I mean? 
Right, right, right. And really, really quick, if you, again, were confused the way I was confused, because these people all have the same names. Uh, Margaret of Anjou is not Henry VII, uh, um, Henry Tudor's mom. Henry VI, the King Henry VI is not King Henry VII's father. Uh, his, he's just a kid from the Tudor family who happened to be named Henry, and then he happened to be the next king. So he was King Henry VII. <laughs> Just to clarify, these people just couldn't be bothered to give their children new names. Exactly. Um, and so so Warwick does all of this shit just to end up like we all knew he was going to end up dead, dead in battle. Edward and his brothers reunited and, and knowing their place. So it's like, what was it all for? What was it all right. for? Thank you for talking about knowing their place. Like low-key, George, the Duke of Lancaster, um, Edward's uh, next eldest brother, was really not even trying to get this throne. Yeah, he wasn't like, that, that committed was to it. egging him on the entire time because he's like, well, if you become king, then my daughter will become queen and the whole family's going to get a gl- little glow up, right? Right. <laughs> like, George not pressed about becoming king. He never was. And maybe these plans would have worked out better if he had George consp- like actively co-conspiring with him. But George really didn't care. And neither did um their other brother, Richard. Richard don't care either. <laughs> Like, Warwick was fighting for that throne like he was royal blood. And I think this is what happens when you swerve out of your lane. This is what, yeah, like, this is what happens when you, you, you're like, when you are like the man behind the throne or whatever, or the power behind the throne. And then you're like, but what if I was also the, the throne? It's like, no, 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 no. He was basically the Cyrus Bean to King Edward the Force of Fitz. <laughs> he was. And you, and it's like, and it, Listen, it didn't work out for Cyrus, and it didn't work out for him either. I mean, it worked out a little bit better for Cyrus, but yeah. Uh, listen, you're not gonna you're not gonna be president. You're not gonna be king. It's not going to happen. And I think that's where the resentment comes from with a lot of these people. Resentment towards folks like so. Eventually, Elizabeth does have this baby because she's ego like like I said before, she's ego prego again, and it's a boy. It's a boy. It's a prince. It's a young prince, Edward finally has like a true blue successor so it's really it's really serious now it's for real right and edward tudor's mom is shaking um shaking shaking like she's like dang my, when is my boy gonna get to the throne spoiler alert girl he does <laughs> rest well, i know she <laughs> all that praying all that like because like we haven't talked about her a lot but like throughout all these episodes baby girl like she like her husband talks about how like you haven't eaten for 14 days all you've done is sit sit here and pray and not eaten for 14 days like she was putting in that work to god she was like listen listen <laughs> please fasting and prayer girl fasting and prayer got her boy on the throne <laughs> and prayer and it got his her her son and his son on the throne okay so her son and her grandson went on to be kings henry the 7th and 8th are her lineage. Listen, prayer works. Um, <laughs> but in the mean, go ahead. No, I was just saying, like, she hasn't eaten, her hair is falling out. Like, all she does is, like, and, like, it's, it's, like, it's not like she has, like, a prayer rug that makes it better. Like, she's on, like, con- like stone. Like, stone, not even concrete, like, stone from the mountains like her knees hurt could you imagine 
I really can't. I really can't imagine any of these people in court putting themselves through that shit on purpose. <laughs> I'd be like, girl, there's a party can't. somewhere. There's some wine somewhere. <laughs> like, but guess, but guess who got the last laugh? Because, like I said, um, she got her prayers got Henry the Seventh and Henry the Eighth on that throne. Shout out to that. Um, they're probably mad ungrateful and never thanked her for all the work she put in. Um, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, what is it? Going to God on their behalf. But she did it. It worked. <laughs> um, right. Granted. And she didn't have to behead anybody's family to do it. And she didn't have to um, kill anybody's baby to do it either. I was about to say, granted, something then really terrible happens <laughs> that she uh, doesn't necessarily support, but, like, does help facilitate, which is the murder of Elizabeth's son. The the murder of the princes. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. So she didn't have to resort to witchcraft, but she was out here. She was out here killing, too. She was out here. Um, <laughs> Dude, I completely forgot because I feel like there were so many people in on that. Why do I feel like there were so many people in on that? I feel like there weren't, though. Like, I feel like it was just, like, her and then, like, one other person. Like, well, it's not that there were so many people. There was just, there were a lot of people who were like, well, what are we going to do? And then she was just like, you know how there are a lot of people of like, what a lot of people will be like, oh, this thing sucks. Like, oh, it really fucking sucks. And then somebody, like, jokingly is like, oh, what if we killed some children? Because, uh, like, maybe they're, like... It's, it's like, low-key, really dark. And then there's the other person who was uh, her who was like, yes, we're going to kill children. Like, and it's like yeah. nobody really wanted to kill the kids. It's just that she was not eating. Like, bitch, eat. Like, bitch, eat like a turkey leg. Like, what the fuck? Like... Yeah, we learned a few things from that situation. The first is that you shouldn't make des- decisions in the midst of starvation. <laughs> Like, um, she just take it hangry people hangry people don't make the best decisions I don't and I was like if this bitch had just taken a minute eaten a turkey leg drank some wine got fucked by her cousin who she's in love with like she would have never done that shit she wouldn't have um, the other thing we learn is that when your child is an heir to the throne or maybe even two or three paces removed from the throne, you got to keep him with you at all times because you can't trust these hoes. At this point, we're in the 1470s. A King Henry VI, who is the Mad King, you mentioned earlier, he is, <laughs> he's been restored to the throne. Right. And, and it's, of course, mm-hmm. oh, and I was like, and it's a disaster. <laughs> Yeah, it's a disaster because he's he's psychotic, and it's crazy that that would y'all would rather have the person who is uh, mentally ill beyond mental help be on the throne just because you hate this commoner that the other mentally sound king married. The petty. level of petty is ridiculous because he could he could what if he asked to have the entire court beheaded? What are you gonna do? 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 He's king. Margaret Beaufort goes to bring her son to get a blessing, right? Because she's all about them blessings and those prayers. Right. I mean, it's time to kill a baby, whatever. Um, <laughs> we we see a lot more of the the battle, especially from the side of the Yorks' troops. Edward and his brothers don't have a choice, you guys. They have no choice but to murder Henry. They killed the Mad King. And Edward's kind of shook because, like, he didn't really want, he doesn't want to. 
like he's like we could just keep him here and like let him like live out the rest of his life because like he is a sovereign like it doesn't feel he's like it doesn't feel good he's like i'm not feeling the this idea of just like killing um a once you know sovereign king uh but his brothers are like listen he's here even if nobody knows he's here you know, he's like, you know, none of these hoes can keep a secret. Eventually, someone will figure it out and talk. And then all this shit that we've been doing, we'll have to do it all over again. And that's not what we want. So, um, they do they do kill. They do kill um, the Mad King. Yeah. And I think it's definitely worth noting all the things he said that they didn't want to do this. Because even though... Uh, 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 king Ed- Edward the Fourth is like the rightful king, despite all these displacements. He's not doing this to try to regain his power, but try to restore order. Right, because and because that's the thing. It's like there's there's just been chaos. So all this happens. Obviously, the boys die, and it's devastating. And Elizabeth is devastated. She curses. She curses the unknown assailant for for years to come but she she curses them and and but um edward is now like securely the king for for the foreseeable future until the show like skips again in time so at this point in the game warwick is dead henry the sixth is dead obviously and Edward of Lancaster are all dead. Um, so things should be more or less settled. But, you know, um, Elizabeth's baby, uh, Edward the Fourth's uh, heir, has been killed. And in the meantime, instead of helping his wife in her time of grief, he's got, he's, he's got his eye on this new woman, Jane Shore. So... Again, because, you know, mistresses rock those foundations hard. Nobody rocks an alliance and allegiance of power struggle harder than a new mistress. <laughs> and right. Elizabeth is kind of shook. <laughs> she is shook. She's shook, but, like, he he hits back with this with, with something that is a fuckboy classic, but at the same time, I feel like at the time is the best you could do. Like, and he hits her back with, like, she's just the whole, like, you're my wife. You know what I mean? It's different. <laughs> like. What's crazy is there's lots of wives telling themselves that to this day. I'm the wife. He knows where home is and all the other things you got to do to sleep at night. <laughs> but girl, you're worth more than that. Right. Um, he he does hit her with the classic. He's like, you've been riding with me for so long. Like, you gave me all these kids. Like, you were down for me when, like, nobody believed in me, girl. So, like, it doesn't matter who I'm fucking. That, that, don't, that shit don't matter. We, you and me, are so much bigger than that shit. Like, and I'm just like, ah, a classic. Fuckboy classic. Fuckboy classic. And speaking of fuckboy classic, his brother George is not much better. So George isn't cheating on Isabel, but he does do something that I feel is arguably much, much worse. Her sister, Anne, has recently been widowed and has a shit ton of money. So he decides, you know, we should just lock her away. Because that was a thing you could do. You could have women, um, not just your daughter, your sister, your wife, but even your sister-in-law locked away for reasons and just control their estates and control their money. And he's like, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna have you locked away and just like control your assets. And and her sister, Isabel, agrees with him. 
imagine. Because she's so strung out on dick. <laughs> like, <laughs> she really is. And I think she still feels bad because she blames her, herself for losing his son, right? So right. there's that whole aspect. She ain't trying to get like, <laughs> she ain't trying to get tossed aside and locked away too. And it, it is because her like, father's no longer alive to help her if shit gets bad. Right. And this is what we. And then, and then the fact that she agrees is like something else that like I, I kind we kind of just mentioned in regards to these characters and how they're written, how they're structured, and the difference between Elizabeth's mother, who modeled like you know loyalty loyalty above all else to your family like and uh and then like her mother who was just like i don't know like you better get this money while it's here <laughs> like and just like and or and who modeled like yeah just go along with whatever this man is saying right and again we see how how that works right when you have when you have uh the the a very toxic man leading a family and you have a family with no real loyalties um you know george george and richard and edward are loyal to each other but not really anyone else um they don't really consider anyone else even their in-laws as family um and the only thing that saves anne is that their youngest brother richard marries her right right um, like, and he's just like, girl, I'm gonna take care of you. I got you. So he really swoops in on some knight in shining armor shit. <laughs> and it's like, For don't worry, like girl, deep. I'm not gonna let <laughs> deep, like, who save a hoe? He like rescued her, her, her for, you know, like, in a, in a, like, when we say like, make a big grand gesture, this is the grandest of all gestures. <laughs> right. Um, and then it doesn't, and then, and it sucks. Cause then it doesn't stick. Cause then he's like, he sees like Elizabeth's daughter who's like now grown up. And he's like, oof, you. <laughs> like, like. Listen, I know I just said, wives, you're better than a mistress. But if a man saved me from being locked away, you can fuck whoever you want, actually. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, thanks for the solid. I'm just going to chill here. I'm just going to eat some really nice court food, drink some wine, mingle with people. You do what you got to do. <laughs> Like, listen, it could be worse, girl. You could be locked in a tower, penniless, <laughs> while your brother-in-law squanders all your money. Um, but um, Margaret Beaufort, uh, Henry Tudor's mom, is like, something's got to give, you guys. I don't know what to do. Like, so she tries to. In- she basically increases her power by marrying one of the king's closest advisors, Thomas Stanley. Yeah. So she's like, my son is still too young. There's still a lot going on. Um, I need help. I'm a single woman. I killed kids, so I'm I'm willing to do pretty much anything. Right. And I mean, girl, it's not like she's a virgin. What's one? What's another husband? (laughs) So she essentially marries uh, Thomas Stanley, uh, Lord Thomas Stanley. And is just like, okay, now I have his ear and he has Edward's ear. I'm going to try to make some moves. (laughs) Right. And she, and that's what she, she, she hinges her hat on. Um, But then, but yeah, but Edward gets, gets old and he dies. And, and, and like I said, this, all this drama that we just went through, we got to go through it again. Got to do it again. Um, Now that, that he's dead and it's, it is drama. It's it's a lot, and um, part of it is it's all it 
I mean, it's actually kind of sad because it's like we said, like your husband, her husband dies and like there's nothing for her. Like she sort of gets tossed, um, not to the wayside, but yeah, she gets tossed to the wayside and, and it really sucks for her, honestly. And this is kind of why it's it being a queen consort is such a dangerous position because before he dies, she does give birth to another son, right? She and um, Richard's wife Anne both have sons, but like mm. even the fact that she's given birth to this son isn't enough to help her in this situation. Right, you're queen consort, you're you don't have royal blood, so you are nothing without that king alive and well. <laughs> right, there's no one she. It's like you have to have people, and she and like and and that's another thing. She didn't ha- necessarily have the friends and supporters that she needed to mount an army to be like. She didn't have anybody to go to to be like, "Hi, ah, this is Edward's son, like the last, like Edward of York." Like remember, and Edward and and historically in real life, like Edward of York was like a really good king, um, because he was essentially like he was a he was an administrator, and you always find essentially that um, all the best royals are administrators. <laughs> they're like it, like th- that's like what they're really good at, and that's what he was really good at. He like. He basically, like, made a lot of peace. He, like, fixed a lot of, like, infrastructure. He, like, took care of lots of, you know... He didn't start a bunch of wars because, like, because they had just gone through that whole war. Like, his big, his his big, big thing was, like, I don't want to fight anybody. So it was lots of peace and prosperity. So people really liked him. So if you had his baby, you could, like, be like, this is Edward's... This is, like, Edward's son, like... He's going to be just like Edward, which not really, but like you could, you know, fake that, say that. And people would be like, damn, yeah, we really liked him, didn't we? Like, yeah, like, let's build an army and kill these people so like he can be on the throne because I'm not trying to do that other shit that we did before. But, you know. Right. And it could have meant something if her son was um, older, right? But, like, her, she's holding this baby in her arms, whose title is King Edward V. This baby is a king, but he's a baby first, right? And right. that makes him very vulnerable. And um, they're not having it. They're not having it. They take her to the Tower of London, um, or, excuse me, uh, uh, Richard Gray, Um is uh takes the baby to um to to you know try to get the baby to transport safely and they're taken to the tower of london um despite the fact that um the king's brother richard was appointed uh lord protector like none of this means anything because like you said um richard um his who uh edward the fourth's brother the duke of gloucester and um uh richard gray care about elizabeth and they care about this baby but that doesn't mean anything because there are just too many people conspiring against them who want that throne and and are determined to take it by any means necessary right and it's in basically like you know it's just one of those things right she gets got and it's 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 a new person on the throne uh it is eventually it's and there's another big ass war that's fought and uh, the Tudor family is victorious, and thus the Tudors uh, ascend. Right. On that last episode, we see that um, it's actually uh, Edward's youngest brother, 
the the episode starts off with Edward's youngest brother being uh, crowned King Richard the Third, right? Mm-hmm. And then with more and more battles, like the York family is basically just like completely knocked off the throne, <laughs> and the reign of the Tudors begins. Right. The it 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 and thus it begins. Um, I really liked this series. I like it. I I love it. I. I think I, like, the story is, I think, well-paced, which is another one of my big things is, like, pacing and, like, how well do you pace your stories. But I but I like that it's a limited series. I like that it's, like, a one-and-done. Um, and then, like I said before, I love the, I think the filmmaking in this show is, like, really exquisite and beautiful. Yeah, I like it as well. Um, I like... And this, again, this is something that I really liked about the Borges and something I really liked about um, the Tudors as well, is that um, each episode covers, like I said, like not a couple months, not a couple weeks, but a year or more. And the mm-hmm. fact is, I don't need to know the everyday minutia. <laughs> like, give me the meat, give me the juicy bits, and let's go on with our lives. <laughs> right, and let's let's keep it moving. Um I, obviously they're not gonna, this isn't ripe for like a remake that I know that there's like a companion to this one called the white princess, which essentially follows Elizabeth's daughter. The one that the really pretty one that like the guy ended up like being like, Ooh, it's you girl. Like, um, yeah. Um, he's, uh, the one that caught King Richard's eye. Yeah. Uh, there's that one, and it's and I've seen it. It's really good. Jody Com- Jody Comer takes the, uh, she does the role of the do- of the daughter who becomes queen. Uh, Jody Comer from Killing Eve, and she gives mm-hmm. like a a command performance. She really kills it. So if you guys want to check that out, um, yeah, there's that spinoff, The White Princess that you mentioned, and there's also another spinoff miniseries called The Spanish Princess. I have no clue what that one is about. Have you seen it? I've seen the first three episodes. There's black people in that one. That one is epic. Um, thank you for it, acknowledging that the Moors were in Spain, so there would be black people. There. Black people. <laughs> Shout out to you. Um, it's it's like yeah, it's a different. It's obviously it, it's a Spanish princess, so it's about like that, like the um the the castiles the castiles and and all of their drama but it's uh i i've like you know i've i've you know i think i watched half of one episode but um i haven't really gotten into it uh but i might return to it but um i think the white queen is all in all i i think the white queen is worth a watch i think if you really i think if you're a filmmaker and like you're a writer and you want to think about and actually, especially if you're a writer and you want to be, I think, inspired about like how to build mood and how to like build in like in tone and how to set tone. And like, like this is like a really good series to watch. Another strength of this series is that they they're very good at like establishing about they're really good at like changing the color grading to um mark like passage of time not just passage of time but like passage of like the day like Mm -hmm. what time like what time of the day it is because a lot of series is and not and not just historical dramas this is like a series like uh, a television thing in general 
Like, they don't think about necessarily what time of day it is. And even if the time of day is different, like, it'll still look the same. And Mm -hmm. the White Queen is very specific about um, the, the, the exact time of day, whether it's morning and evening and, like, changing the color grading and changing the lighting and the mood and the tone to match each one of those specific moments. And... It's just so, it's so detailed. And I think I, it's, that's really why I love it. This sounds, I hope this is not like so nerdy that like y'all are like, what the fuck are you talking about, Alex? But like, it is like, it, it's definitely one of the bigger things I enjoy about this, this series. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Like sometimes you don't notice that something is missing until you get it. And I (laughs) definitely, I definitely went with with, with what you said about like the passage of time and how the show depicts that, um, during like the, like the times of the day, it's definitely something that I didn't realize was missing in other series prior to watching this. I think I might have seen one other series do this as well. And that was Gentleman Jack, which is, um, I believe it's, they're doing their second season now, um, I really can't think of uh, that many series that do this as well. Like it's either bright as hell or it's dark. Like there's no afternoon times. There's no early morning times. I don't know. Right. Like, there's no, there's no like they dusk. Care. There's no like, and, and I guess like, and it maybe I, and, but, and, but like those are, it's so important to like establish those. Cause those parts of the day are actually like really important. And like right. the like the mood or like the tone of something can really change, or how like you read something as an audience, and even just how you experience a time of day can really make or break. I don't know, and maybe it's because like you and I are Tauruses, so like I'm, <laughs> we're we're like really we're even more particular uh, sensor like in a sensory sort of capacity to that type of thing. But even now, as I'm thinking about it, like there are certain memories that I have that I are definitely informed by the fact that it was like late summer and like the sun was setting and the sky was like a specific color of pink. And then like when the window and when the light would come through the window, it was like gold. Like and if you shot like a conversation in my, like if you shot like that memory and you didn't get those details, right. You wouldn't get the feeling of that conversation. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I completely agree. Um, Memories, you know, I think we, when we think about sight memories, we think only about what we are seeing ambiance matters your surrounding environment um matters the way the wind was blowing matters you know the 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 position of the sun or the moon in the sky matters the show does a really great job at this yes there are like 30 people named richard and like 12 people named elizabeth and about 80 georges but (laughs) it's a really great series it is really really great folks this is everything that we think made the white queen good bad basic and incredibly engaging if you'd like to check out the series the white queen is currently streaming on stars hulu premium and youtube premium 
If you've enjoyed this episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic, be sure to share it with your friends. Tune in next week as we keep the historical drama season going with the recap of the spellbinding Renaissance period drama, Rain. Rain is currently streaming on Netflix, so be sure to get into this series or go refresh your memory. You don't want to miss out on this conversation. The Good, The Bad, The Basic is currently streaming on all major podcast platforms, so be sure to tune into our regular weekly episodes on the go. Leave us a review on your preferred platform and share our weekly episodes on your social media. Please follow us at The Good, Bad, Basic on Twitter and at Good, Bad, Basic Pod on Instagram to get in on our daily content. Also, be sure to follow our SoundCloud page, The Good, The Bad, The Basic, where all of our weekly episodes debut first. If you love this sort of content and want more, become a show producer and patron on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash goodbadbasic. Your support allows us to keep bringing you our regular weekly episodes as well as exclusive bonus material. Until next time, bye everyone.